Welcome to Equine Pro Tips. I'm Stephanie and this is my very first episode. Thank you so much for joining me. I wanted to try a different platform for my Equine Pro Tips. I was originally doing them on TikTok, but I am no longer doing them there and they have been deleted, so you won't be able to find them. But I wanted to tell you a little bit about myself before I dive into the podcast today. I have been in, in the equine industry for 30 plus years. I've lived all over the country. I have extensive background in psychology, equine nutrition, training. You get the idea. I've owned boarding facilities. It's been a whole thing. So today's podcast is going to be about how I plan out my own journey across the country with my horses and hopefully give you some tips on how you can plan your own journey out going across the country if you choose to do so with your horses or even if you're just traveling to the next state. So without further ado, let's get into it. I wanted to start off and say that this podcast is going to specifically be about my the route that I choose. Um, gas stations and that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not going to go into any type of detail about um, what I'm bringing with me. Uh, I will have a totally different podcast for that in the future. We are traveling from Tennessee to Arizona, and there are two routes that you can take. Once you get into Arkansas, you can pretty much decide if you want to go all the way through Texas or if you want to go up through Oklahoma, the panhandle of Texas, New Mexico, and then into Arizona. Um, and they're very, very different routes. So like if you're going up through the top, like through the Oklahoma and all of that, um, Albuquerque is like full of mountains and so is Flagstaff. And Flagstaff is in Arizona. And when I say these are large mountains, they are large mountains with large grades. Um, so that's like one of the things you have to consider when you're traveling long distances is what kind of terrain you're actually going through. Um, because of the time of year it is, Flagstaff gets a lot of snow and going down, I can't even remember what the percentage of the grade is, but it's pretty significant. You're going from, I believe, about 8,000 feet in elevation down to about 1,500 feet in elevation. So that is a significant grade. And there's portions where you have to drive like 30 miles an hour down. So the point that I'm getting at is that if it snows during that time, it can be very dangerous um, hauling a really heavy load like I am because I'm hauling my two plus one horse trailer with weekend or living quarters in it. So it's a pretty large trailer and then I'm going to have three horses in it. So when you're traveling, you have to take into consideration how much weight are you pulling? Are you going up and down mountains? Do you want to save gas money? There are so many things to think of when you're like traveling that long of a distance. It's not just, oh, okay, we're going to pick that way and go that way. So when I'm scheduling all of this, I map out both routes I even map out which, hold on one second. <laughs> okay, and a back. Um, I'm also taking into consideration the weather. So when I'm traveling 
down through Texas and all of that, um, there can be a potential for high winds. That's kind of what I'm running into right now. So I'm, I really, really wanted to stop in Dallas, but it might not happen this time. Um, so right now I'm just trying to figure out which, which route is going to serve us best. We're probably going to save a lot of gas money driving through Texas because it's an easier drive. There's, it's an easier drive on my horses too. Um, so right now I'm just trying to convince my family it's a great idea. But anyway, that's, that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is when you're mapping out your, your trip with your horses, you have to take, <clears throat> sorry, you have to take a lot of things into consideration. It's not just, Hey, I'm getting from point A to point B. Um, when I'm traveling with horses, I try to find the easiest route for them and my vehicle because going up and down mountains is really hard on your truck, your trailer, your horses, and yourself. So you have to take that into consideration. You have to take into consideration, are there really large spans where there is absolutely no gas stations or what? what have you. I ran into that in Nevada. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I ran into that in Nevada where there was, I want to, oh man, I can't even remember how long it was, but I didn't know. And there was no signs and I almost ran out of gas. It was just me and my horse Rose. We were traveling to Oregon. Um, so a lot of these things come into mind for me when I'm traveling long distances and they only come to my mind is because it probably happened to me. Um, I've also had flats in really weird spots. I've got, I've gotten really lucky with having horse motels in the areas where I have broken down. Um, and that's another thing. So I always have on hand my, the website that I use for the horse motels and that's horsemotels.com. And I use them more than I use anything else, even just searching in that area. Because when I have just searched in the area, I tend to find horse motels that are subpar, I should say. Um, but when I use this website, I tend to have better outcomes with the ones that I end up choosing and on there you can actually see people's reviews and there's just so many of them all over the country and it makes it so much easier so I tend to use that like nine times out of ten I do like to plan all my horse motels out ahead of time and I will call them in advance just to make sure they have room for me because there could be an instance where there's a show in the area and everyone's booked. So then I will either go a few more miles down the road to a different town or I'll stop sooner. Um, I like to only travel about six and a half to seven hours because my mare Rose doesn't do, ex do the greatest in the trailer. She does she's fine in the trailer until it hits a certain period of time. So six and a half to seven hours is pretty much her time limit. And then she starts kicking the crap out of my trailer, which is awful. So when I travel, I also take into consideration how much can my horses handle? Are they in shape? Are they not in shape? Um, I try to make it so they are in shape when we are traveling this far because it takes a lot of their effort to be standing for that long. And 
depending on which route we take, is it an easier drive? Is it a harder drive for them? Obviously, if there's more turns and mountains and all of that kind of stuff, it's going to be a lot harder of a drive for them than if we were just driving on flat ground. Um, I also look at, am I in a hurry? Like, when am I supposed to be there? So I try and give myself the most time that I possibly can because things happen. You get stuck in traffic in big cities. It happens all the time, almost like every time I drive through a city. It's like we're driving through the worst part of the day you possibly can. And I try and work around that by either leaving earlier or leaving later. I, I try and also take that into consideration when I am traveling. It doesn't always happen um, because things happen, accidents happen, weather happens, but I try and do the best that I possibly can when I'm planning these trips out. Another thing to consider is if you're traveling with dogs, not all horse motels allow dogs. Not all hotels allow dogs. Um, so if you're not staying at the property where your horses are staying, which that's another point that not all places have RV hookups. That's why I really, really, really like using horsemotel.com because um, it'll have the description in there and they will say if they have RV hookups, if you can turn a large trailer around, um, how many stalls they typically have, do they have an arena, all of the things. So you can figure out what amenities you're actually looking for. Another thing I like to plan out ahead of time are my stops. I know that sounds a little over the top, but honestly, when you're traveling with a larger rig like I am, it's much easier to try and plan as best as you can um, the places that you plan on stopping for fuel. I personally like to pick the tractor trailer stops um, because they tend to have the biggest parking lots. I typically don't fit in like your little mom and pop shop. So I will look for Flying J's. I can't even think of any of the other big ones right now, but you know what I'm saying. So everyone knows what a Flying J is. Um, they're the big truck stops. So I try my best to pick those because it makes me moving my vehicle around a lot easier and a lot of times at those big truck stops they will have rv pumps specifically for bigger rigs and that is whether you have gas or diesel so that is a really good thing to try and look for just to make your life that much easier and in those places they also have parking spots for larger rigs like that so you can stop and give your horse 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour of just rest time and not taking up any space at the pump. Going back to how long horses should be in the trailer for, realistically, they shouldn't be in the trailer for any longer than eight hours, which is why I also like to keep it in the six and a half to seven hour range because then that allows me that extra hour for stopping. And if we end up in any type of like traffic jam or anything like that, then I have like wiggle room. I really hope you enjoyed the equine pro tip. I love sharing my wisdom, especially the wisdom that I have through experiences to help you have better experiences. You can follow me on Instagram at Steffi Baker, Steffi with an IE. And you should also subscribe to my podcast so you'll know when the next episode comes up. I hope you guys have a great day.